Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Soul Traveler Podcast, where we explore the depths of consciousness, spirituality, and personal transformation. I'm your host, Jennifer Mitchell, and today we have the privilege of diving into the world of self-healing, mediumship, and connection. Joining us today is a truly remarkable guest, Claudia Perez, a Level 2 QHHT practitioner, empath, and intuitive medium. In this episode, We'll unravel the layers of Claudia's unique perspective as an intuitive medium. She'll share stories of connecting with energies beyond the physical realm and how these encounters have shaped her path of healing and self-discovery. Whether you're a seasoned explorer of spiritual realms or just beginning to open your heart to the mysteries of the universe, Claudia's wisdom is sure to resonate deeply with you. So without further ado, let's dive into this enlightening conversation with Claudia Perez. Good afternoon, Soul Travelers. I am here today with the lovely Claudia Perez. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me here with you. It's lovely to be here. I'm so excited to get to know you in real time. You are a fellow quantum healing practitioner located here in Las Vegas. And we haven't actually officially met, so it's nice to see your face and put, you know, a name to the face. I really would love to get started just kind of learning about you and what brought you to quantum healing hypnosis, how you discovered it and became a practitioner. Yeah, of course. So back in 2014, I think that was when I first saw one of Dolores Cannon's videos. And I remember when I first watched it, I knew right away that that's what I was supposed to be doing. But our ego tends to get in the way and so to fly. So at the moment, I didn't immediately pick up on it. It wasn't until the whole pandemic hit, which I feel like it was a moment for us to all take that time to be home and really reflect on what was going on in our lives. That was the great awakening. That was the beginning of it. At least that's how I felt. And well, for me, that is when it began because I was forced to stay home. I was forced to look at myself. I was forced to really think about my life and where I was going And where I was at. And at the moment, I was not at the best place. I think we all hit our own version of rock bottom. And that was mine at the moment. And that was what actually inspired me to start looking more into what this whole thing was that Dolores Cannon was talking about. And I had heard her talk, but I didn't even realize that it was something that I could do, that I could participate in any way. I didn't even think it was possible to have a session anymore now that she was gone. Mm -hmm. So when I did find out that there were practitioners out there and that her work was being carried on, I was really excited. So I actually went out to California and I met Elena Blage. She's a level three practitioner out there and she's wonderful. She completely changed my life. That session alone changed my life completely. And so it it was just so drastic. And I hate to sound so cliche, but that that was really what made my life turn around and be what it is now, which 
is completely different from what it was because at that time I was drinking a lot and I had no way of coping. I was depressed all the time. I was always anxious. I would go to the doctor all the time thinking, oh, this is hurting. This is hurting. And I feel this and that. And I didn't look into the deeper meaning of things. But when I had my regression, that was really a big turning point for me. So after I had my session, one of my questions actually was if I should be a practitioner. And the answer was yes. So here I am. (laughs) I actually picked up on that one right away. Like a week after my session, I think I signed up for the level one course. And within a week or two, I was done with the whole course because I was just really into it. I kept watching some of the videos and going over the recordings and things. So it was really exciting learning all of these things. And it really was like choosing between the little red pill and the blue pill. And it's been so worth it because now I see how everything that I went through, I had to go through so that I could help people. And it's actually made me a lot better at my job and at what I do to help others because of that. I have that empathy because I really, truly understand. And all of that, I've had honor and the pleasure of meeting so many people, so many different backgrounds, which is what really amazed me. It's been from psychiatrists, doctors, lawyers, prostitutes, homeless people. Everybody is looking for something more. And it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. This can change your life if you're willing and open. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm at now. I've been doing this now for three years and it's the best thing ever. And I love what I do. I love helping people. And I would encourage everyone to have a session at least once to see what messages there is. And I absolutely agree. I love this work so much too. And what amazes me is our stories are really parallel. I discovered Dolores Cannon, same as you, on YouTube. And I flew out to LA, same as you, for my session. I had my level three practitioner, Yaroon DeWitt, in LA. And just like your story, my subconscious higher self also told me that I was to be a practitioner. And that was in 2017. But it also told me it wasn't time yet, that I still had to do work. And so I went back to the matrix and... Kaya, I was miserable. I was drinking. I was actually drinking before work. Uh, <laughs> I had climbed the corporate ladder and I thought that that's what I wanted. I was like a senior executive at a large bank here in town. I was so miserable when the pandemic hit. One morning I was pouring vodka in my coffee. I hate to admit that, but it's truth. Before work and I couldn't, I didn't want to go in. I, I could not do it. And I heard, as I said, in the parking lot, my higher self said to me, it's time. And I knew exactly what it meant. And I went in and I, I called my husband. I was like, I'm putting in my notice. <laughs> I went and signed up for level one and went through those videos so quick. And now I, again, like, just like you said, I realized that I'm living my purpose and that everything I went through was so that I could help other people as well find their life purpose. Talk to me about when you first went through your session, what are some of the things that went through your head? Like, were you anxious or nervous or scared? Like, what were you thinking when you first were going to go for your session? So when I finally decided that I wanted to have a session, I thought I'm going to look up everyone who has ever had a session and see what their experience was like. Mm -hmm. But almost right away, I shut that off as well because I thought, no, my experience has to be unique to me. 
I can't go in with expectations or even without expectations, just really to be open. So I thought that hearing other people's stories might influence mine in some way. So I thought I'm just going to wait until after and see if anyone can relate to what I've been through. And so I chose to do it that way. I actually drove for my session. So it took me six hours to get there. And honestly, I loved every minute of it because I felt like I needed to be alone. And I really needed to be able to take that time to think of what was about to happen. What did I want to get out of it? And it really, really helped that I had that time to be by myself prior to it. When I got to my session, I wasn't sure what to expect because like I said, I thought I'm not going to look too much into it. I'm just going to let it be whatever it is. It's what's meant to be. And Elena was great. She just made me feel so comfortable. I didn't realize that there was going to be an interview. <laughs> so the interview really caught me off guard because I was already feeling a little emotional and vulnerable. So when she started asking me questions, I was like, oh man, I didn't think this was this deep. I, was gonna say, I think that's one of the most important parts of the entire session. Yeah. You have to really feel comfortable with the practitioner and be able to open up and chat because then your subconscious is going to feel more comfortable under hypnosis. Oh yeah, most definitely. But like I said, I hadn't looked into the details of it because I didn't, I just wanted to let things flow, right? It brought up so much things and I feel like like even just from the conversation alone, I had so much understanding and so much healing because I think a lot of us are looking for validation and for someone to say it's okay, regardless of what it is. Yeah. And my whole life, I had been looking for that. It wasn't until then a complete stranger was who was able to give that to me. And just to have that space and that time to say everything and talk about everything and, you know, it's funny because I felt like at that moment, Dolores Cannon came to mind and she said, sometimes I become like this. People just start confessing everything to me. And I, I had a moment, I had a moment like that where I just started spilling everything, but it felt so good. It really felt like there was a weight lifted from my shoulders. So I loved that part. And then the hypnosis, oh my gosh, the hypnosis was, it was amazing. Because at that moment in my life, I come from a large family. I have seven brothers and sisters, and we are first generation that migrated here from Mexico. In our culture, it's very common for people to start drinking at a very young age. So I had picked up alcoholism since I was 13. Wow. So from the time I was 13 till I had my regression, it was something daily. Before I, right before I had my regression, I was a functioning alcoholic. You know, I could get everything done, go to work, show up and do what I had to do. I could drink like a 24 pack a night and still be okay. And I knew that wasn't okay. Yeah. I could see how my own trauma was spilling onto my children and how I was becoming my parent. Mm -hmm. And that was something I never wanted to do because of the trauma that I had gone through with them and everything that had happened in my family. So my regression opened my eyes in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I've never had a good relationship with my mom. And it was because when I was eight years old, we had a family member living with us, a cousin of mine that had attempted to rape me. And when I tried to talk to my mom about it, she said, you know, these are things that we don't talk about. You don't say anything, just ignore it. I want you to act like everything's normal. 
I hear that so often. And we're not saying anything to anyone. Yeah. As a practitioner, I hear that so often. It just, it, it amazes me. It shocks me that that people think like that. It's not okay. And well, you know, that's what I thought. And that's how I felt for a long time. I was very resentful. I was very angry about it. And so that, that was a big blockage for me I, from moving forward in my life, period. And so I asked about that. Well, what is, is the point of having children if you're not going to protect them? Why is it that there's religions that talk about these commandments where we have to obey our mother and father and honor them. But what about the children? Don't the children matter? And so when I had my regression, one of the things that Elena said to me that completely changed my outlook on the whole situation was, what if your mom was raped or molested? And that's the reason why she could never help you. Mm. And no one had ever even mentioned the possibility of that being the case. And the moment she said that, I knew it was true. Mm -hmm. I knew it was true in my heart. Yeah. That's why. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first layer. Mm -hmm. Then when I did the hypnosis, I was able to regress to a time when my mom was pregnant with me. And this part in particular was really important. And I think it's important for everyone to, to hear at least this part because you have to be very open-minded going into these things because I was in a place where I couldn't see. I couldn't necessarily hear. Everything sounded very distorted, mm -hmm. but I could feel. I knew what my mom was thinking. I knew how she was feeling. There was no communication between the two of us because I was inside of her belly. But I remember her sitting at the table and watching my other four brothers and sisters and they were eating. At the time, we lived in a single room, and that room had our kitchen, and it was our bathroom, it was everything, and it was a tiny little room for five people. And so my mom, as she was watching my brothers and sisters eat, she started crying because she was hungry. And all she could think of was, how am I going to bring another child into this world when I'm starving, and I can barely feed the ones I have? And so then I started to understand that some of the anger and resentment and the way that my mom treats me really has nothing to do with her. It was because of her situation. And my mom was the type of person that was very open about saying, I didn't want you. You were a mistake. And you were just here because I had no other option. And it helped me understand that I wasn't born for her. Mm -hmm. I wasn't born for my family. I was born for this. I was born to help other people and to understand their healing and to help them through this process. I had to go through it. I had to experience that myself. When you had your regression, as we know as practitioners, the subconscious mind will always bring something forward, like a situation for you to learn from. Like, What did your subconscious, like, what was the reason why it brought forward that particular moment in time? And also, were you holding or storing trauma in your body from that? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I had actually just had a surgery for gallstones mm -hmm. because I was wow. having uh, really bad pains. I had just had my son and all my pregnancy, it, it was like live or die <laughs> because mm -hmm. I was so sick. I had hyperemesis gravidurum. So from the moment I got pregnant until the day I gave birth, I was throwing up all day, every day. I lost 30 pounds during my pregnancy. Goodness. 
And so I knew that there was still something there. Mm -hmm. So before all of this, when I was oblivious, I was thinking the only way to resolve this is by having a surgery. Well, I had my gallbladder taken out. And when I had my regression, I was still having pains. And I was wondering, how is it possible to have gallbladder pain when you don't have a gallbladder? Right. Well, my subconscious let me know that all of that was because I had a lot of unprocessed anger, a lot of unprocessed emotion. And even though I had physically removed it, it was still going to be there because I still had not done the core work. Mm-hmm. That is why phantom pain is a very real thing. It is. And Absolutely. so that that right there taught me so much because you can't just get rid of a problem with the pill or surgery. You have to go down to the root cause. It will not just disappear. But after I had my regression, those pains completely went away finally. Because <laughs> it was a lot of anger, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. But I had to understand this because... It was my relationship with my mom was keeping me from being a good wife, a good mother, a good daughter, from moving forward in my career and just for healing. And then I also came to find out that my addiction to alcohol was me trying to understand my dad. Jennifer, you're not going to believe me, but the very next day I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore. And it's that's been it ever since. I had no withdrawals. I had no symptoms, nothing. I lost almost 40 pounds within the next couple of months because it was just all garbage I was carrying that didn't even belong to me. And I do believe (laughs) because, you know, I really cut back a lot too. Like maybe I'll drink socially like once or twice a month, but I don't have an urge to go out and that anymore. I'm more like hungry for knowledge and I'm on this quest to help people and live in my purpose. And I get a lot of fulfillment from that. And the power of the subconscious mind is so incredible. I mean, quantum healing, one single session can forever change your life. And so were you nervous when you first went for your session? Because me, I know I was scared. I was like, what is my higher self going to say? It's going to tell me, like, I thought it was going to tell me, like, my death day or something. I remember thinking it as I was, like, flying out for the session. But in reality, and my practitioner was so amazing, you know, comforted me and was like, your higher self has your best interest at stake. It's never going to tell you something you can't handle or it doesn't serve your higher purpose. And so... I'm just curious, were you also nervous or scared? What was that like for you, like that feeling? (laughs) I was very nervous. I was very nervous. I remember the night before I couldn't sleep. And so there I was driving six hours on no sleep, but I was wide awake. I was wide awake because I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, during the regression, I had to use the restroom. And when I came back, you know that dream where you're falling, falling, falling? I had that sensation and I remember just grabbing onto the bed like, oh my God, this is literally a roller coaster ride I'm getting on right now and I could feel it. And it was very, uh, it was intense for a moment, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. The end result, I wouldn't change it for anything. I know it's so interesting. I actually, when the clients say they need to use the restroom in the middle of the session and I always tell them, please, if you need to use the restroom, let me know. It's not going to impact anything. But when they come back from the restroom, they slip twice as deep into hypnosis. And it's incredible because it's like, bam, all of a sudden it's like a flip switches and we're even deeper than we were before. (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. I'm excited when I'm like, oh yeah, they're in the resume. It's so funny. And there's so many synchronicities like across clients too. So myself, I've been getting like a lot of people who regress to certain places. And for me, I get a lot of the, the red planet. Have you had a lot of clients or any clients regress to like a futuristic red planet? Yes. I think maybe it's a futuristic version of Mars. Had about five or six clients in total now. Oh my God, this backfinding mission to, to find more information about it. What, what do you have to say about that? And what do your clients say? Yeah, I have had some people go to the red planet and I had someone tell me that they had like a human-like body, but like an ant-like head. Yeah. It's not humanoid. They're not human. Um, very similar. They said that they were like humanoid, but not humans. And I asked the same questions whenever I realized that, oh, wow, we're here again. <laughs> I like have like my little list of questions. And for me, every client says the same thing. And again, my clients, they don't know each other. So we're all interconnected somehow on a subconscious level. They all say that it's very futuristic. The transportation is like magnetic railways. No. Yes. I've heard that too. The food, do you ever ask about the food? I haven't. So the food, they all say they eat like vegetables, like root-like vegetables, and it, it just appears. It sounds like Star Trek because they say, oh, kitchen, but I don't cook. I just punch in what I want and the food is there. And I've had, you know, again, multiple clients say the same thing. So it's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. That's do you find that your clients come in patterns and requested similar or same places? They do. The one thing I've noticed with my sessions is, I don't know if this has happened to you, but with my sessions, almost immediately, I feel like I started to develop a mediumship. And so I've had a large group of people come that are looking for healing in that particular area which is something that I actually don't even promote on my website or anything like that because it usually only comes up for some people. It doesn't come up for everybody. And it's still something that I'm trying to learn how to manage because when it happens, I still get so emotional and so overwhelmed by the feeling of there being another entity there and just feeling their presence and all the love that they have. Usually it's always something to help the other person heal. But right now, that is the group of people that have been coming through here very often. That and I've had a few people regress to, I'm not sure if it's a water world or perhaps if it was another time here on Earth, but I've had several mermaids. That's so cool. <laughs> I haven't yeah. <laughs> I think for me, and this goes back a little bit to my childhood and pretty traumatic childhood. Now looking back at things, but you know, I find that trauma is the catalyst. It cracks us wide open and it is the catalyst percent yeah. for spiritual awakening. So it's always really aware. And then my mom was um, an enthusiast into ufology. We're always taking pictures of the sky and most kids are going to Disneyland and park and I'm going to UFO conventions at like nine and 10 and sitting in the back. So it's really very well-versed. And, you know, anything, you know, having to do with like abduction and UFOs and those people find me. I do not promote that on my website. So, again, I really think that my trauma, my experiences, my childhood prepared me so that I yeah. can help other people. And so I do get a lot of people with missing time. They come to me, they're like, I'm being abducted and I have missing time. I need to know what the heck is going on. <laughs> and some of the stories, wow, <laughs> um, them being taken in their sleep and experiments. Yeah and driving down the road and all of a sudden they 
they wake up and they're on the couch and just really interesting things. And so I have a lot of those people who just are, they gravitate to me. And yeah, the Red Planet is the other one. I don't really get a lot of mediumship, but I will say that I feel that this line of work, I see my clients' sessions. Like, I feel like I'm more clairvoyant. Like, I actually see what is happening. And when I mentioned that to another practitioner friend of mine, she says, oh my gosh, that's happening to me too. And so I don't know if that's happening to a lot of practitioners, but I, and I, so I close my eyes and I can see the colors. I know exactly where we are, what's happening. Do you find that as well? Yes. I've actually, um, I have experienced that when I'm having sessions and I feel like I can see what they're seeing. And it's almost like we're having that connection that's so strong that we they can take us there. It, it has happened to me with some clients as well. And one of the things I actually have to do during my sessions is I still have to have to follow the script. If yeah. I don't, I start to go under. Oh and so we can't have that. It, I don't know if it's just that I'm, I usually go or my subconscious is just ready, but mm-hmm. I have to to follow the script because if not, my subconscious will try to start to go under as well. Yeah, I, I follow the script really closely too, just because it is so effective. But I haven't experienced that. That's interesting. I'm kind of curious to know though, like if you went with it, what would happen? <laughs> hey, soul travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis. Because one session forever changed my life, and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from my higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within. We'll revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetimes, Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns, and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic records so that you can get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner, and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. Another thing that's happened to me, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I start to have feelings about the sessions before the sessions. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, with one particular case that just, it will stand out forever. The night before I saw a client, I had a terrible nightmare. And it was one of those dreams where you wake up and you're sweating and you're wondering, what does this mean? Do I need to look more into it? And it was related to a satanic cult. I'll tell you the end of it real quick. It has to do with a little girl. And I was changing her diaper. And when I went to do that, it was like somebody had burned into her pelvic area with cigarettes or like some type of burn mark had burned the face of Baphomet. 
Oh my goodness. I just remember feeling like I had been seen. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. And it was very weird because the very next day when I had my session, after my client told me everything, I told her about my dream and it was very much related to what she was there for. And when I told her about this person, she showed me a picture and it was a person I had dreamed about the night before. Wow, that is wild. (laughs) I have not experienced that yet, but I can see how that can happen because, you know, as we do this work more, we realize, or I have come to realize we're all connected. Like the consciousness is like a stream that flows and we can tap into that that consciousness. And so it sounds like on some level, you're tapping into the consciousness of your clients before the session. Let's shift gears a little because I do want to talk a little bit about healing. When it comes to healing, what would you say is the most amazing miracle of healing that you have seen somebody self-heal themselves from? Um, For me, honestly, the one thing that still kind of has me shocked, I guess, (laughs) is what happened with me with my gallbladder. Yeah. Because that was such a big issue. You don't realize how painful and how uncomfortable gallstones are until you go through it. But it was very intense. And just knowing now and understanding that you have to get to the core of everything. That's what you have to do in order to really heal anything. Had I done that a long time ago, I wouldn't have needed the surgery. But one of the things I've seen recently was I had this one client who had really bad anxiety Mm -hmm. and um, she would get to the point to where she would start shaking and she would start sweating and almost hyperventilating. Well, when we started talking, we had our interview, we came to find out that the reason she got that way, it was always around the same time every day. And it was because in her mind, she was still in the past. And what I mean is in her past around that time, if she didn't get to work on time, she wouldn't get to eat. And she was going through a very very difficult financial time. So she didn't get to eat. She she would panic because Mm -hmm. that was her meal source. And so when we got to the root of that, she came to realize that that's, that was still being carried forward up until now, she was able to let it go. And I remember we spoke a couple of weeks after and she said, I haven't had any more anxiety or panic attacks. And I think that's really what it was. I think it did have to do with that thought of, will I have a meal? Is that food going to be there? And so it's recognizing those old patterns, that old programming that no longer serves us, that we can let go of, that sometimes causes these things to happen, to get our attention, to see the things that we've been trying to suppress, the things that we've been trying to avoid to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one was my significant other won't like me sharing this, but he had an issue with hemorrhoids for a long time. And when he had his session, he was a little skeptical, but he still wanted to help out and see what it was all about. Well, after that, he's never had a problem with them. They completely just went away. And so 
it's a lot of little things here and there. I haven't had something very significant that stands out. I think right now what I'm seeing in all of us as practitioners mm-hmm. is that we all have our own little group of people uh, calling to a set of people that we're supposed to help. Yeah. So our sharing comes in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned that you're attracting people who have lost time and who have experienced abductions and UFOs and things like that. <laughs> but I feel like I'm having a lot of people that have serious trauma and problems that they've been carrying on for a long time. And I know of another practitioner that's dealing more with the darker things of life and things like that. So I know that everyone's being pulled a little bit slightly to a different direction, just depending on what needs to be done. But we're all working our best. I think for me, one story that I really want to share, because I really want listeners to know about uh, when it comes to healing is I had this young lady that came to me and this one stands out. You know, sometimes you get one that just stands out. And then some of them just kind of, they blur away and you don't remember the fine details. But she came to me and she was in her early 20s. I want to see 25, 26. She was experiencing a lot of pain in the upper left side of her stomach. She gone to the doctor. Nothing was there. She tried changing her diet. She was still feeling this pain. She tried cutting out dairy, like all the stuff she's supposed to do. So she comes to me for the session and we regress her. She regressed back to a lifetime as a little girl and her mom had passed away. And after the mom passed, the dad said that he didn't want her. And she knew that the dad did not want her. And Mm -hmm. he took her to this parade. And it sounded like, you know, through all the fat finding questions, it sounded like maybe like Macy's Day Parade in New York City. It was 1920s, 30s, sometime like that. Mm -hmm. And he abandoned her in the parade, in the crowd, and left her there and that got me as a practitioner usually i can stay you know distant from the emotions actually but i felt that one i was like oh and she was like i'm so scared i'm alone where is he like, he left me on purpose and so she ended up she was left and she grew up on the streets and fell into some really bad things and as we progressed forward and we went to the last day of the life because we always go through the death experience in the session she had been stabbed in that lifetime, in in an alleyway, she was homeless and unfortunately was you know, addicted to drugs at the time. And she was in an alleyway and she got stabbed for drugs in the exact same spot where she was feeling the pain. And after the session, the subconscious said, you know, that she could let go of that now. She didn't need to carry that anymore. And that was the reason that it brought that lifetime forward to let her know that it was okay to release that and to let go. The real crazy part is, is that she was the exact same age when she started feeling the pain in this lifetime that she was when she was stabbed in that lifetime. And I just got to <laughs> talking about it. Uh, you know, clients will t- message me, text me, email me weeks, months after, you know, letting, updating me randomly. And I, I love that. That's always like the best feeling. And she, yeah. several months after the session, is like, I have no pain. Like healing, healing has occurred. So that one really stands out for me because I'll never forget the way also I felt when I, she realized that her dad had left her in that big crowd of a parade. It must have been so scary to go through that. So um, I love those sessions. I do. So you know, talking about Dolores Cannon, what have you? I'm assuming that maybe you've read some of her books or all of her books as a practitioner. Is there any particular one that you would recommend to listeners that really stands out for you? I think the one book that I will read over and over again is um, Between Life and Death. Mm. 
between life and death, I felt like everyone should read that Mm -hmm. to just have a better handle on life. As far as understanding when it's over, it's not necessarily the end of everything. It's just, it's the end of this life, but it's the beginning of so much more. And I think that that has helped me view death in a whole different way. And because of it, I'm not scared. I'm not saying I want to die tomorrow, but, you know, I am actually excited and I'm looking forward to all the things I will find out and I will learn and all the truths I'll finally know and I'll know everything about the pyramids and what's really going on with everything. So I now look at it with enthusiasm, but at the same time enjoying my time here. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a moment because I find that too, that, you know, that experience is actually quite tranquil once we're on the other side and we process through that. And as a practitioner, you know, I've come to realize that. And when you do the uh, past life regression and we're at the point when your client passes over, I feel like that's where the real interesting stuff comes forward because that's where for me, if it comes naturally, I don't force it, but we do like a between life exploration. And for me, when we're in the between life, that's when your know, spirit guides will come through, loved ones come through, or maybe their soul family steps forward to greet them. What are some of the things that you find in that space after the client passes over that happens in your sessions? So I actually have a story I'd really like to share with you. It's something that will stay with me forever. But this is when my mediumship actually first started to develop. And this is how I found out. (laughs) I was actually driving on the 95 going south. And I started feeling like I was in two places at once. And as I was driving, I felt secure. I felt safe. And something told me to just keep driving. It was going to be okay. So I kept driving. But as I was driving with every blink... I could see another room. So the first time I blinked, it was a complete dark room. The second time there was a spotlight shining down. And then the third time there was a chair. And then the fourth time there was a girl sitting on it. Now, from a distance, I started to hear killa, killa, killa. And when I first started hearing that, I was like, okay, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear killer. (laughs) But then right away, I thought, you know what? That's somebody's nickname. That's Crystal. And Crystal is a girl I never met. She was actually the sister of a friend of mine whose name is Lily. She had passed away because she committed suicide. Now, when I saw her, it had already been 10 years since she had passed. And so keep in mind, I'm driving Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to stay focused. And I hear this going on and I can see it happening. And so once I realized that it's crystal, my nervousness kind of goes away and I start to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I ask her what she's doing there or why is it that she's talking to me? I had never met her. I had only seen pictures of her. I didn't understand why she was reaching out to me. Well, she said, I knew that you were going to do this before you knew you were going to do this. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? And she she said, well, I actually helped you get the job where you worked with my sister. I needed you to work with her because I knew that when you did decide to come down this path, 
I would be able to communicate with you. And I thought, wow, you know, how elaborate was that scheme? Mm-hmm. You know, how how much planning does she have to put into all of that to make it happen? But anyway, so she told me I needed you to work with her because I needed her to receive a message from someone that she would believe it from, someone who she would accept it from. You see, I can't reach her right now because she's drinking so much. Alcohol disconnects you from spirit. Yes, it does. And when people are like that, we're not able to connect. The spiritual side is not able to connect to you. So I need you to tell her that because of her drinking habits, I cannot connect to her. I cannot reach her. But I also need you to tell her that it's time for her to let me go. Mm-hmm. I need her and I need my mom to let me go because they're still mourning me. And I need you to tell them that there's nothing that they could have said and there's nothing that they could have done. What was going to happen was going to happen regardless of what they said and did because I had a moment where I was being selfish and I thought of no one but myself. So I want you to tell them to light a white candle for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear them say that it's okay for me to go. And when I hear them say it, I'll know that it's okay for me to go. Wow. (laughs) And I thought, how am I going to do this. I hadn't worked with Lily for five years. It had been five years since I had um, really connected with her. I didn't have her phone number. In the past, to get to her house, I would always have to Google her address to get there because I just couldn't get there on my own. So tell me why all of a sudden I started getting this feeling of, okay, turn here, turn here. Now you're going to go here and here and here. And finally, I got to this one spot where I thought, this is silly. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea where I am. I'm going to turn around and go. So the street I decided to turn into, I recognized Lily's car parked outside. And I thought, okay, Crystal, I get it. You got me here. You mm-hmm. have to do this. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So it was like a Saturday morning. It was like eight or nine in the morning. And I go and I knock on her door. And it takes her a while to answer, but she does. And she is hungover. She had been drinking the night before. And so when she opens the door, she tells me, what are you doing here? You should have called. You know, it's not very nice of you to just show up. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's only been like five years since I've seen you. This isn't exactly (laughs) ideal. And I thought, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you something very important. And I think you should sit down for this because it has to do with your sister. Now, Lily was the type of person, from what I remember, that if you even brought up her sister, she would tell you, okay, that's the end of the conversation. It's none of your business. We're not going to talk about it. And it was over. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure how she was going to take this coming from me. So I get her to let me in. She sits down and I start telling her, I just saw your sister. And she said, what do you mean you just saw my sister? She's been gone for a long time. And at that moment, Jennifer, you could see me visibly shaking and I I could not hold back the tears. I was trying to let out the words in between cries, but um, I got the message out and I told her, you know, your sister said that there's nothing that you could have said. There's nothing that you could have done. She was going to do what she was going to do regardless. Well, she starts crying Mm -hmm. and she tells me, you know, two days ago I was drinking and I was yelling at her, asking her, what could I have said? What could I have done to keep you? And here you are out of nowhere showing up at my house, telling me that there's nothing I could have said, nothing I could have done. And she asked me, how did you know? There is no way for me to have known. 
I was just doing what I was told. That is such an amazing story. And so was she able to let go and move on a little bit? How, How was that after for her? Well, I came to find out from what she told me was that her mom hadn't touched her room. Her room was exactly the same it had been for the last 10 years. So that just confirmed that, yeah, both her and her mother were still holding on to her and they were still grieving her very much. So after that happened, for the first time since she had been gone, Lily cut her hair. She dyed her hair. And she has cut back a lot on drinking. And like, you can see it in her eyes. She's not the same person. I know that it made a big difference and a big impact for her and her mom, because like Crystal had mentioned, if they had, if they lit that white candle for her and letting her know that it was okay for her to go, that she would go. Well, it turned out that two days from that date, when I showed up at her house, It was going to be Crystal's birthday. Oh my goodness. And they always lit a white candle for her. Wow. But they had never told her that she could go. They always asked her to stay. And they understood now that she was in a better place. And they were were finally at peace with what had happened. Understanding that she was free and that she knew that what she had done was wrong. And one of the things that's really important for me to bring up about this whole thing is that what Crystal told me was that where she was, She wasn't in limbo. She wasn't in heaven and she wasn't in hell. She was here because she chose to be here because she wanted to keep looking after her family until they were ready to let her go. They weren't tying her down. It was still her choice. And she was so adamant about that to tell them, I am not stuck here and they are not holding me back. I want to make sure that they're okay. I want to make sure that they're going to be able to move forward with their lives. And I know I can go to heaven. And when they're ready to let me go, I'll go. And I thought that was so important to understand because when people are going through suicidal ideation or they're going through depression or they've lost someone in those scenarios, it has helped me understand in such a better way that I can explain to them. And this story, this story alone helps me help others in a way that I don't think I could otherwise. So from what I've seen now, uh, of course, from what I see now, they've just been able to move forward with their life finally. They seem a lot happier, even when they're celebrating her birthday or her anniversary. They seem happy now. Now they're really able to rejoice and be happy about the moment that they did get to spend with her. Yeah. So I loved it because it was just such a great message, not just for them, but for me. And it's a much better understanding of life and death. Mm -hmm. It's such a touching and beautiful story. And it's really a true testament of when we align with our soul's purpose and we start living our passion that other stuff starts to come through, other gifts, and we can help people in ways that we didn't even realize were imaginable previously. Claudia, I'd love to talk about your upcoming project because I know that you're currently working on hosting an event for practitioners, a holistic healing wellness fair. We can tell listeners a little bit about that. And that's coming up on August, is it 22nd? Is that correct? 23rd, August 23rd. Yeah. So... (laughs) So this coming up Wednesday, August 23rd, we're going to be having a holistic healing wellness fair where I'm going to be having a great range of different practitioners that are practicing medicine in a new way. And so it's it's very exciting. I 
encourage and I welcome everybody to join us because we're going to be learning not only about quantum healing hypnosis technique, but about so many other modalities. We have a doctor coming in who practices Chinese medicine. We have another doctor that's coming in that is going to be explaining how our thoughts affect our blood. And we have somebody coming in to talk to us about um, essential oils can help with our wellness and our well-being. And we have three uh, level two QHHT practitioners that will be there, a tarot card reader, cleansing of auras and bad energy. So different Yeah, so different types of practitioners. It's going to be very interesting. Everyone is going to have an opportunity to speak for about 20 minutes to tell us a little bit about their specialty and their gifts and how they're here to help out. So it'll be a great opportunity for everyone to find practitioners as well as practitioners finding other people to help. Because right now, I feel like we're at a time where people are looking for something more. And practitioners are trying to get themselves more out there. So Mm -hmm. by making this event happen, hoping to create our own community. Yeah. 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 Our own little community of people helping you how to heal your heart, mind, body, and soul in different ways other than just the conventional medicine. It's not just having to pay for a doctor every time you go in. It's Mm -hmm. finding so much more learning how to take care of yourself and heal yourself because everything really is within ourselves. We don't really need to go outside. No. And so I think it's a great opportunity for everybody to come and learn something new. So I I invite everyone to come out. This will be at the Skyview Banquet Hall on 6565 Spencer Street. And that's Las Vegas, Nevada, 89119. Of course, if you guys want more information, you can visit my website. It's www.lbqhht.com. Beautiful. And are interested parties able to purchase tickets to attend the wellness fair, the holistic fair on your website? Um, Yes. You can go online or you can give me a call and then I'll email you the tickets. General entrance is $20. Uh, It's going to be $10 for seniors and students. It's free for anyone under 18. And so everyone's welcome to come. Beautiful. I look forward to it. And I think it's time to call this one. It's been such a beautiful conversation. And I hope that listeners find so much value in it. And thank you for your time today, Claudia. If anybody wants to follow me on social media, you can find me at I am Jennifer Mitchell on TikTok and Instagram or online at thisoulexperiences.com. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.